welcome back to the Claim the Stage podcast. I'm Angela Lucier. I am your host, and you are about to enjoy another solo episode where I will talk to you about something that has been brought to my attention <laughs> after last week's episode. If you haven't listened to that yet, I would recommend maybe giving that a listen first. It is episode 32, Present Like a Pro Using the Stage System. So I'm going to talk about some of the feedback I received from that episode and how this week's episode came together as a result. So who am I? I am a a speaker. I'm an author, and I'm the founder of The Speaking School for Women and The Speaker Sisterhood. The Speaking School for Women is a six-week online course for women who are interested in becoming paid speakers. That course comes twice a year and very exciting. It's back on February 21st. So we'll talk about that some more at the end of the show. And the Speaker Sisterhood is a network of speaking clubs specifically for women who feel pulled to do something bigger and seek the public speaking skills, confidence, and friendships to make it happen. So we're all about public speaking. We're all about women finding their voice. And the Claim the Stage podcast is a show for courageous women who want to follow their dreams by claiming their voice as public speakers. So I teach you how to do this by interviewing awesome people and sharing some of my own advice and stories, which is what we're going to do here today. Before we get into that, I want to let you know that this show is sponsored by McNally Communications. They train you to get results by speaking, writing, and presenting with more impact. You can say it better. They'll show you how at McNallyCommunications.com. Okay, so (laughs) last week I talked about the stage system. I'll give you a quick 30-second summary so that everyone's on the same page. If you're like, okay, I did hear the episode, but refresh my memory because I listen to all your podcasts every day, right? (laughs) The stage system is a method I created that helps you to tap into your personal style, what's true for you about your subject, the art form you want to use to present your subject, connecting with your audience, and building the right type of energy into your talks. So STAGE is an acronym for style, truth, art, group, and energy. And last week I talked about how I stumbled upon the value of incorporating these pieces into every talk and why you should use it every time you assemble a presentation. So today I want to talk about the response to that episode because I I was sort of surprised by the emails and the comments I got from the listeners because... I guess, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, really. I I guess I expected people to go, oh, I want to try that. That sounds really great. (laughs) But instead, I got comments from people saying, well, how long is that going to take to figure out? Like, how am I going to know if I've arrived at the kind of presentation I really want to give? And how do I know my style? And like, what if I choose the wrong art form? And it seemed like the response was of general anxiety. Like what if I, what if I assemble a speech using the stage system and it's wrong or I I do it in a way that doesn't reflect who I am. And I like that you guys are asking yourself these questions because it tells me that you're thinking about it. And when fear comes up, that is a sign that you are resistant to change. And when you're resistant to change, I find that that's because something really big is on the other side and it's scary because you're going to face it and you're going to have to grow from it, which is great. 
But yeah, you kind of want to run in the other direction and come up with reasons why you can't do it, right? So <laughs> you're sort of in the first phase of change of going, well, what if it sucks? And what if I cry up there? Or what if like, I don't know, what if my audience doesn't like me? These are all great questions because it means that you're starting to ponder what it might mean to do things differently. And I love to know that. So I want to encourage you to get into the process. And I thought today's episode could be about how to do that, like how to just flow into this process of discovering who you are as a speaker. And that's why I named today's episode, The Power of Patience. (laughs) And you may, you know, look at that word patience and go, I've been so patient. I'm already, I've already been patient. I just want something to happen now. I'm ready. And sorry, (laughs) because you might need to be more patient. (laughs) So I I wrote this blog post this morning and I thought what I did in last week's episode is I read this blog post I wrote and I want to read this to you because I'm really enjoying reading to you right now. It's just like making me really happy. It's almost like we're cuddled in a really big chair together under like tons of blankets and pillows. And we all have our favorite mug of tea or coffee and the lighting is really low. There's a fire going and I'm reading to you. (laughs) So let me do this because it's mid January and it's like exactly what I want to be doing. So the blog post is called the power of patience. And I'm going to talk to you about how to discover your speaking voice. And, well, I won't ruin it for you. (laughs) So here you have it. My blog post, The Power of Patience. To someone who is trying to accomplish a goal, hearing the words, have patience, can be the most annoying sentence ever muttered. (laughs) As someone who has struggled with running straight for the finish line without looking around along the way, I can say, patience and I are not natural friends. We're not enemies, but I wouldn't say we're the type that see each other across the room at a party and all of a sudden the world stands still. We might like have an awkward conversation about the weather at the punch bowl like three hours into the party. You know what I mean? However, one thing I've learned about discovering my style as a public speaker is that patience is my only choice. It's not something that can be rushed like risotto or a good soup. You need to give it time to come together because time is the only thing that builds depth of flavor. (laughs) That sentence made me laugh when I wrote it. One question I'm often asked is, how will I know who I want to be on stage? Is it a feeling? Will the skies open up and shine the most brilliant white light on me? Okay, I may have added that last question, but in essence, this is what the questions are going after. They want to know if it will be obvious to them when they find their speaking voice. They want to know when it will feel like them. I wish I could say I had an epiphany one day that told me I was on the right track. I wish I could tell you that I got on stage and all of a sudden something changed and I never looked back. Except it wasn't like that at all. I found public speaking to be such a profound journey that has been highly personal and much deeper than I could have ever imagined. 
I thought I was going to learn how to tell a story and how to be more confident speaking in front of groups. But what I ended up learning was more about me and how I feel most comfortable in the world and how I like interacting with others and the type of topics I most like to discuss and the environments where I feel most comfortable. I didn't learn these things overnight. It took me years and hundreds of speeches to start to pay attention to the tiny, teeny, tiny signs that said what I was doing was actually working or not working. (laughs) Either way, the lessons were there if I was willing to pay attention to them. So I was hired several years ago by a large company to give a keynote address at their annual company retreat. What I didn't know at the time was that keynote speeches really stressed me out. I was still finding my way as a speaker and felt stress every time I got on stage. So I didn't really notice that there was so much more stress associated with this particular type of talk until I was giving it. Okay, so I'm up there giving a keynote speech and I'm out of breath. I'm very aware of the fact that my face is bright red. I'm hot. (laughs) I'm wondering... Can everyone see me sweating even though I strategically chose this patterned pink dress that wouldn't show sweat stains? I was concerned about breaking away from my slides too much because I didn't want to do that thing when you say too much about the slide you're on only to click over to the next slide and it describes the story you just told. You know what I mean? My talk was supposed to be 60 minutes, but because I was so uncomfortable, I only talked for 30. I saw the woman who hired me glance up at the clock when I closed and when I asked if there were more questions or any questions. I'll never forget the look on her face because I knew in that moment that I wasn't delivering on my promise and she did too. (sighs) Still gives me chills. I went out of my way during the 30-minute Q&A to tell long, funny stories that taught everyone useful life lessons. I tried to get the audience involved by asking them thought-provoking questions that would hopefully add more value to my talk. I was furiously combing through my mental database of stories about myself and my clients to see what might help them. When all was said and done, several people came up and thanked me and said they enjoyed the presentation. And I appreciated that, but I was disappointed because I knew I didn't give the 60-minute talk I had promised. I was never hired by that group again. I don't know if the reason for that was because of my short speech or because they were looking to mix things up with new speakers, but that day taught me something extremely valuable. Number one. I don't like giving speeches that require I sync my words up with my slides. Number two, I don't like giving 60-minute monologues. That was huge, right? These points may seem like small observations, but they were huge for me because I was doing a lot of keynotes at that time. And when I realized I didn't like doing these types of talks, I started to seek out and recommend another format to clients, interactive workshops. These workshops would flow much differently. I would give a worksheet to everyone in the audience and they would get a chance to do the work on the spot while also having time to discuss what they're learning. So this meant I only needed to prepare a 10 minute intro, directions for the worksheet, and have some prepared stories to share during the discussion portions. The rest would take shape as the audience shared their thoughts, their stories, and their questions. This model has worked so well for me because it complements my personality. 
This is really important. I like to think on my feet. I like to discover moments with the audience rather than manufacture them in my office weeks in advance and hope they match up with what the audience needs that night. As a result of building talks that allow for more interaction, more discussion, and more discovery, I've felt so much more at ease and more present with my dance partner, the audience. I don't like memorizing speeches, and I never have. It's, it's so stressful for me. And I don't like canned openings and closings. I think they feel unnatural, and they lack something special. So I tend to avoid doing the same thing twice, and interactive workshops give me the chance to create something new every single time because my audience is always different. This format took me many years to discover, and I'm still playing with it today. Another element of speaking that I'm more interested in right now is room setup, like lighting and temperature and where the chairs go, because what I've learned, another really great important lesson is that when you have a comfy space that makes people feel relaxed and at ease, they are more likely to engage with the experience. And that's the point. You want everyone to be there and be present and to really be getting something out of the time together. And I ignored the environment for a long time because I didn't realize how much it mattered. Honestly, I was so focused on what I needed to say and making sure I wasn't messing up that it didn't even occur to me to take care of my audience in this way. As I started to relax on stage and notice my surroundings, I was able to put more energy into revising the state of the room. And I'm now in my 10th year of speaking, and it's only now becoming clear to me that this needs to be a consideration each and every time. But having patience with myself was what enabled me to get to this point where I realized this is a new challenge for me to discover. What I've learned is that I could put the chairs in a circle rather than theater style, which is when you know everyone is looking at the back of the head of the person in front of them or they're looking at me. And I realized putting chairs in a circle made it more of a community experience. I also learned I can turn off one set of lights so it doesn't feel like we're sitting directly on the sun. <laughs> I could set the temperature to 68 degrees so it's comfortable enough to take your coat off, but not so hot that all you can think about is leaving the room for a breath of fresh air. I also learned that I can greet the audience as they enter and learn their name and find out why they're there. I could give them each a welcome sheet that features the agenda, the worksheet, and information about me. I can create a warm-up game that would introduce everyone in the room to their fellow participants, introvert or not. What I've learned is that the role of the speaker is not just to walk on stage, deliver a talk, and go home. The role is actually much broader and deeper than that. The full role, ready for this, is to learn how you are most comfortable, how your audience is most comfortable, and to facilitate an experience that puts everyone in the best position to enjoy and potentially grow from their experience, even you. That's huge, right? I want to just say this again to make sure you totally hear this, because this is really the central message of this whole podcast episode and the last episode. What I've learned is that the role of the speaker is not just to walk on stage, deliver a talk and go home. The role is actually much broader and deeper than that. The full role is to learn how you are most comfortable how your audience is most comfortable, and to facilitate an experience that puts everyone in the best position to enjoy and potentially grow from their experience, even you. How does that sit with you? All right, let's move on. <laughs> I feel all tingly. So what I just said to you, I didn't know for a really long time. 
and I, I forgive myself for that. I think that's totally fine. It's okay. I think my talks were still beneficial and a good use of time for everyone, even though I was still working out what kind of experience I wanted to offer. And when I talked about the stage system in last week's episode, I presented you with the five elements that go into building the architecture of a speech that is truly yours. And I encourage you to consistently work the stage system and tweak it as you learn new things about yourself as a presenter. You may not know your speaking style, and that's okay, because if you're sitting here going, but I have no idea, that's cool. We need a starting point. We just need to make, make stuff up. Try things out. Try making jokes. Try moving a lot. Try not moving. Try making eye contact with each person for three seconds as you speak. Try taking long pauses between sentences or stories. Try using props. Try worksheets. Experimenting and discovering the ease in your presentations is what will advance your journey as a speaker, but you must be patient. Trying to bypass the learning and growing is what will lead to frustration and lack of understanding of you, the speaker, the leader, the person who has the power to build something beautiful for everyone. So I want to encourage you to be patient with yourself and not force answers to appear. The best way to find these answers is to go out and speak as often as possible. Keep giving speeches and keep listening to yourself. If you feel uncomfortable about something you are doing on stage, tap into that, explore it, listen to it. If you feel completely in your element and happy, that's important to notice too. Maybe there's an ease that you didn't even know you were capable of. I realize that when I'm on a panel, I love panels. I could do panels all day long. I love Q&A. It's like the most fun. You just show up and you get to just respond in a way that feels good to you. And there's no preparation. <laughs> it's great. I started taking improv classes a few months ago, and I hate to admit it, but when I signed up, I was completely ignorant to what improv was. I thought it would teach me to be funny and help me think on my feet. And I was half right because it has helped me think on my feet. But it's not about being funny. What improv has taught me is to look for ease in all situations. It, they teach you to not create difficulty where difficulty doesn't exist. And if something feels hard, get this. Don't do it. <laughs> Isn't that nice? It's like, oh, that's I like that. If something feels hard, don't do it. Improv has also taught me to be okay with maybe instead of always looking for a label for a situation like that was bad or that was good. Instead, just say, maybe that went well, maybe it didn't, but I'm going to just learn from it. It just is. So noticing yourself and being aware of what is working for you and what is not is what will make you make your speaking journey more exciting, more rewarding, and most importantly, more you. Because at the end of the day, what your audience wants most is one thing. And if you're not clear on it, now is your chance to get clear on it. What your audience wants is you at your essence, not a version of yourself you think you're supposed to be. The more you you bring to your presentations, the stronger your connection will be to your audience, the more you will connect to your material, and the more fun you will have. And the only way to find you is to do the discovery process and be patient. So don't be afraid of the unfolding and don't lose patience with the process. As far as I can tell, public speaking is a lifelong journey that will give you answers about yourself, about others, and about what matters most to you. 
Don't miss the moments that matter and don't skip over the moments that feel like a struggle. They're all important and they are all your teachers. Just be patient and keep speaking. Well, there you have it, you guys. My episode on the power of patience. I hope you enjoyed my my blog post, my reading to you in a comfy chair under lots of blankets. I really enjoyed putting that together as a follow-up because I know that this stuff can be confusing and I want to be the first to say you're not alone and go easy on yourself. Keep speaking and trying out different methods and styles and approaches and you'll settle on something that feels good. It's a process. And I'd love to hear your stories. Please email me and let me know how things are going. My email is Angela at Angela US. And if you have ideas for topics you'd like to hear on the show or uh, a guest you'd like to hear interviewed, definitely send that to me as well, because I'm always looking for new ideas and I want to make sure I'm talking about the stuff you guys really want to hear. So you can email me Angela at Angela US. Um, If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider rating it and leaving a review if you're listening on iTunes. It would be awesome because it helps more people find the show. And it's been so cool to hear from new listeners who say like, oh, I heard you on this other podcast and then I listened to your podcast and I really like it. So thanks. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so cool. It's like really exciting when I get emails. So don't feel like you're bothering me. Would love to hear from you. (laughs) Um, I wanted to say a word about the Speaking School for Women. We're going to have a whole episode dedicated to the women who have graduated from the program in the last two sessions. So you can hear a bit about their journey and the stories they want, they're going to share about what has happened to their speaking business as a result of, of being part of the Speaking School. And they're going to give some advice and talk about some of the lessons they've learned to hopefully save you some time and also give you some good insight into what you could be doing differently as you continue your journey in public speaking. So I want to give you a quick overview of what the Speaking School for Women is, if it's something you're maybe thinking about signing up for this spring. There are 12 slots, and so far about half of them are spoken for. So if you are interested in taking the course, I would recommend getting in touch with me soon just to kind of, you know, hold your spot. It's a six-week online course that I teach live each week for about an hour to an hour and a half, and I teach you all of the things that help you to create a strong brand for yourself as a speaker that's clear and very targeted, and I help you build a marketing plan for yourself so you can become known as a leader in your field. I help you to build a signature talk that relates to your speaker brand so people know you for something, and I help you to understand how to set the right rates in your field so that you're taken seriously and so that you're not overpricing yourself, but also not underpricing. And I talk a lot about the blend of free speaking gigs versus uh, paid ones and the value of both and how to get in touch with event organizers, how to build your network and your sphere of influence in your chosen industry so that, you know, when the day comes that you want to speak at that big conference or you have a company that you really want to reach out to, you might already have a person in your network who could introduce you and speak highly on your behalf. So there's a whole lot in there. You can find out more at this uh, speaking school page on my website at angelalucere.us. And if you have any questions at all about whether or not it's for you, if it's something that you're thinking about, but you're not totally sure if it's, you know, the right match for what you're doing at this time, I'm happy to have a phone call with you and talk to you more about what 
the school is like and who has typically taken the course in the past and what they've what kind of results they've achieved because it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's something that I look forward to every time I teach it because I love to hear these breakthroughs. I, every woman who has taken the class has said, this is so much more than just public speaking. This is a personal journey where I'm learning about myself and how I really want to present myself in the world. So if any of that resonates with you, please get in touch, you know, shoot me an email and we can talk more about it because I'm looking forward to having a great group again this February when we kick off on the 21st. So that's it for me, folks. If you are not already on my mailing list, be sure to jump over to AngelaLucier.us to get updates on all the things I'm working on and get public speaking tips and updates I only share via email. I want to thank my sponsor, McNally Communications. You can say it better and they'll show you how. Find them at McNallyCommunications.com. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor of this podcast, you can email me at Angela at AngelaLucier.us. So that's it for me, folks. As always, stop waiting, start creating. See you next time.